You know, who is at the Brother Gibbs testimony in this room yesterday? Okay, actually, um, if you were here yesterday, Brother Gibb, it's it just wonderful how God works. Is that I, before camp, I did have, I had no idea what Brother Gibb was doing, and he had no idea what I was doing, and he set my forum up perfectly. He did basically the apologetics for uh, the Trinity, and with a special slant on the Holy Spirit, and my forum is going to be where the Holy Spirit springboards into action, into how we interact with the Holy Spirit. And before we get started, let's pray. Father, we turn to you this morning, and we have already felt your presence in this camp since the very beginning. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come down on us each individually, and Lord, that the promise of the power within that Holy Spirit would be present in all of us. Lord, we ask that each individually we would be able to receive that which the Holy Spirit is going to give us this morning in that you would remove all hindrances in our lives, our minds, our thoughts, and that that Holy Spirit, the power of that Holy Spirit, would be mighty this morning. We pray in your Son's precious name. Amen. Okay, we'll let these stragglers come in. Of course, the heavy stones, I don't like that idea. What are you going to do with those stones? Okay, this, mor- this morning, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to recap a little bit of what we did yesterday. We're going to define who the Holy Spirit is, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, and most importantly, this forum is about how the Holy Spirit relates to us in, in our life. The first thing we're going to identify is who or what is the Holy Spirit. Now, if you notice there, it says who and it says what. And the next slide will identify that it realistically is not what. It realistically is who. Here, Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remains, was it not thine own? After it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So, the Bible clearly states here that the Holy Spirit is God. It is, a, it is a person. It is not just a thing. The Holy Spirit is not some kind of vapor. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. In Matthew 3.16, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, but it is not some mythical figure. It is not some mythical spirit. Last night in Mike Sulja's testimony, I thought he brought out a wonderful thing where he mentioned that when he was in his church, he had all these rules he conformed to. The Holy Spirit is not a good influence. The Holy Spirit is not your conscience. The Holy Spirit is not some conscience that says, hey Lou, you didn't follow these rules. Without the Holy Spirit, our church would be just some type of social club or religious institution where there would be a bunch of rules. These would be man-made rules in that your conscience would say, just like your parents taught you when you grew up to do certain things, and once in a while when you didn't do those things, your your conscience triggers you and says, hey, Lou, you forgot to say hi to that guy, you forgot to uh, excuse yourself, or even rules within the church. We have all these rules that I would, I, and I've got to be careful here. When I say rules, we have all these man-made 
um, timetables, ordinances that are there for a very good reason, but when we don't fall in line to all these schedules and rules and ordinances that are of man, your conscience does trigger you and say, hey, you should be doing this and you're not doing this, or maybe you shouldn't be doing this and you are doing this. That is your conscience. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is completely different. The Holy Spirit is God. We serve the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit has a mind. In Romans 8.27, he says, He searches out the hearts and knoweth what is the mind of the, of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In Romans here, it's telling you that the Spirit has a mind. The Spirit has a will. Just as God has a will, the Spirit has a will for you. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. That tells us that the Spirit has his own will for us. He comforts. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as a comforter. I propose this thing for you. Do you need the Holy Spirit if you're comfortable? How many times in your life when things are going very well, like really well, and you really, you have no cares. I realize that doesn't happen all the time, but I think all of us can say from time to, ha- time, to time that does happen in our life, that we really are comfortable. And in that comfort, how often, do we, how often do we say that we're really close to the Holy Spirit when we're that comfortable? I would say that most of us can relate that when we're uncomfortable is when we relate to the Holy Spirit more often. We'll get into the, a bit more of that later. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks in many, many um, aspects. The Holy Spirit here even speaks prophecy. The Holy Spirit speaks to us individually for guidance. As whereas the Holy Spirit saith, today if you hear his voice. In other words, you are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And in, in 1 Timothy 4.1, this is the Holy Spirit providing prophecy. The Holy Spirit teaches. Just think about the different ways the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit teaches us in many ways. In Bible classes, the Holy Spirit teaches us through life circumstances. But more often, the Holy Spirit will teach you through interaction, through events such as sermons, music. Thank you. Eastern Camp? Excellent. So, we have to realize that the Holy Spirit actually has a teaching function to us. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Now, this is something that we all are kind of, if I can use the word, a little bit gun-shy, because we're always worried about grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, as soon as we disrupt that relationship with God, which is part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, That is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. So when we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's that interruption of that relationship with us and God. And it's, obviously, it's the antonym, the opposite of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. When we are disunified, unloving, hateful, jealous, all those attributes that are the opposite of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that is how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. Barb Munther asked me to do this forum, and she said, you know, I want, I want to talk about some profound experiences people have had with the Holy Spirit. And I said to Barb, I said, I got to tell you that 
I'm probably better at not listening to the Holy Spirit than I am at listening to the Holy Spirit. And then Barb said to me, you know, Lou, I, I think that's, I can say the same in my life, and I think that's probably pretty pervasive through all our lives, that think of the times in your life when you realistically resisted the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit prays for you. To me, this is one of the most profound verses in the Bible for me, because I will tell you that I have done a lot of public prayers, and I will tell you that a lot of the public prayers I have done have been more, if I can use the word, intellectual prayers, where I am praying, not that I'm disingenuous, or not that I'm not earnest, but I'm praying for things that I know I should pray for. But I will also share with you that many times when I've prayed, God's Holy Spirit has taken over my whole body, and, and it's like I'm not even praying anymore. It's like the Holy Spirit is praying for me on my behalf. And I feel that. And when, when that happens to me, and I wish it would happen more, after I'm finished my prayer, it's like I have this peace that just envelops me. And that, that, this Bible verse is so true, how the Holy Spirit will, at certain points in your life, and I don't know, maybe it's me, because it doesn't happen all the time, or maybe it's just the way the Holy Spirit works, but there's no doubt the Holy Spirit does intercede in our prayers. This is the platform that, from which Brother Gibbs' sermon, sermon forum took off from. It's obvious that God, several places in the Bible, promises us that we will receive the Holy Spirit. And in John fourteen seventeen, it says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be with you. This statement, or this statement, this Bible verse, it's telling me, Lewis, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and will be with you. And that, to me, that's a little bit frightening and comforting at the same time. Frightening because when I live my life and sometimes I see that I'm not doing things that maybe I perhaps should, or perhaps I'm not doing things that I should do, and God's telling me, Lou, the Holy Spirit's in you. I'm thinking to myself, wow, where is this Holy Spirit right now? The Holy Spirit, to me, I, I look at it like a relationship with my marriage. It's all about relationships. I've been married, I better, thank you, 26 years. I knew that. Yesterday, we're, we were walking across the lawn to go to the car. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, doesn't anybody cut this grass? And I'm thinking this in my mind. And, and Linda says, doesn't anybody cut this grass? And then we're at the store, and, and, and uh, so I had to go find Linda, and of course she's in the dress area, where else would you be? And so I'm walking past this mannequin, they got a dress there, and, and I, I look at the dress and I, I says, well, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sharp dress, that's a beautiful dress. I walk over to Linda and she's got the dress in her hand, okay? And I can tell you that we, sometimes we can, we can finish each other's sentences, okay? Um, her not so much me because she wouldn't say things I say. But, and you know what? It's because we have that relationship. You know, we, we spend a lot of time together. We, we, um, this is just our marriage. And like all, like all marriages, there's different types of marriages, as we all know. There's some marriages where you are really close. Some marriages where for periods of times you're geographically separated. Some marriages maybe you talk a lot, maybe not so much. 
And I look at that relationship as the same with our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is, you know, if I saw Linda on Sunday, we spent all day together, and maybe for about three hours or two hours on Wednesdays or Thursdays, you know, kind of like that Sunday midweek service thing. If I saw Linda on just those times, and we spent time together, and we spent quality time together during Sunday and during those two hours uh, on Wednesdays or Thursdays, I'm telling you that our relationship would not be the same as the relationship that we have right now where we can finish each other's sentences, where I couldn't tell you, this happens all the time, where I look at something, she looks at the same thing. And this is that same relationship with the Holy Spirit when we are presented with opportunities in our life where action is required to help, to maybe do nothing, to maybe love the unlovable. I mean, doing all these things with people you meet in your life and with your kids and with your uh, people within your fellowship, you will know right away how you should act because you are that close to the Holy Spirit and you have the mind of the Holy Spirit now and you know, okay, the Holy Spirit would want me to do this. It's because of that relationship you've developed all this time with the Holy Spirit. Can you hear the Holy Spirit? First of all, before you can hear the Holy Spirit, you've got to know the sound of His voice. I know that I've got an office on the second floor of an industrial building. I, it used to be out in the open, and I, we closed it up, and it's this kind of open concept. We're all um, kind of a modern architecture, and there's a stairway that goes up, um, and I, can, I sit right around the top of the stairway. And my dad's been dead for, I don't know, 12 years now? And if he walked up those stairs tomorrow, I would know it was him. And there's two people, my mother and Andy Losher right here. Andy comes in once in a while, and he tries to sneak up the stairs and, and, and do a foot, different footstep so that he, he can surprise me, and I won't know it's him. And he's about three steps up the stairs, and I'm like, hey, Andy, how you doing? And my mother does the same thing. She, my mother's slow, and of course, it's like five minutes. That's part of the reason I know. <laughs> 81 years old and a knee replacement. And, but anybody within my circle who comes up those stairs, I know exactly who it is. And just like your, your friends, your spouse, those close to you, if you're in a crowd and there's, you know, you're in the dining hall and someone's talking, and if, 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 you, wanna, if you listen, you can hear somebody's voice that you know, somebody familiar. And how would you be able to do that? It's because you have a relationship with them, you spend a lot of time with them, and you, you just know because of the relationship you have. The other thing is, and this is obvious, we talked about it in our Bible class yesterday, to hear the Holy Spirit, this is going to be stating the obvious, or it should be obvious, think of all of the distractions in your life. The cell phones, even distractions at church, the things you're doing at church, is there a place in your life, there is in mine, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you, where you can go and stop everything? Just stop everything. And spend time in prayer, reflection, somewhere if the Holy Spirit, you really want to connect with the Holy Spirit, you've got to remove everything. And that's precious time. How much of that time do you set aside for that precious time? Uh, yesterday, Brother Gibb mentioned something about watching the movie called The Matrix. 
And I think his reason for mentioning this was probably not the reason I'm going to mention it. But it's a movie that's, according to uh, him, was not edifying, if I can use that word. And I would say that about 90 to 95% of the movies we watch are not edifying. And if, for those who know me, know that I'm not a big movie guy. I love a good movie. I really do. I really enjoy a good movie. But it's that precious time. And the other thing is, aside from that time, and think about the things in your life. How is the Holy Spirit going to talk to you while you're watching The Matrix? What, what, what do you... Like, the Holy Spirit is not on the same level. The Holy Spirit is here, the Matrix, and the message of the Matrix is here. The Holy Spirit's message and location is here. Like, we're just talking, they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. And so for us the Holy, to hear the Holy Spirit, there's all kinds of things that we have to do to make sure that we, if I can use the word, avail ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Obedience to Christ increases our ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, in life, all kinds of goofy things happen. A lot of things don't make sense. I mean, you look at uh, Job in the Bible. I'm sure what he went through didn't make sense, and that we didn't all go through what Job went through, but there's definitely, we can all probably share that we went through things in our life that didn't really like, can't really understand on our human level. And... Our obedience to Christ, just that obedience alone will provide us with the opportunities to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to help us navigate through those times. It's all about relationships with the Holy Spirit. The next slide is a profound question. I finished a book by Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. It's about the Holy Spirit. And he's got this one small portion of the book, very small like a chapter out of a whole book, or not even a chapter, it's a page. And he poses this question, do you really want a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I want you to think about this, and don't, I mean, of course the answer is, I mean, somebody says, you know, Lewis, do you want a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to say, well, of course I do. And I'm not going to publicly say no, I don't want a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to stop and, and, and just dissect this question and think about it if you really wanted a relationship with the Holy Spirit, what if the Holy Spirit is going to tell you to do something that is against the norm of what you normally do? It might be even against the norm of the church you attend. Something really outside the box. And you're like, whoa, that's uncomfortable. Don't want to do that. What if the Holy Spirit tells you to move? I've, I've, I've listened to testimonies where people say, listen, the Holy Spirit told me to move right across the country. Is that a question? Excellent. So the Holy Spirit might be saying, listen, you have some unrepentant sin you need to take care of. Do you want the Holy Spirit telling you that? How about fear? You know, sometimes we have a greater fear of what people will think of us than we do of what God will think of us, if we can use that word. This question, I'd say, is like, really, do I want to give up what I really like doing? Because if I listen to the Holy Spirit, he might be asking me, Lou, I want you to give that up. I had an experience of that once. I don't want to share it all here. But I was in a situation, and in and of itself, there was nothing wrong with it. And it was something that I like to do. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Lou, you've got to give this up. This is not for you. You have to remove yourself from this life circumstance. And 
I did. I don't regret it. And, but I, 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 I would really ask everybody to contemplate this question. And of course, on one level, we do all want that relationship. But on other levels, we're, there is some fear of us being put in uncomfortable situations. When the Spirit leads, it's safer to commit to the following of the Holy Spirit someday instead of this day. When you follow the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to lead me down life circumstances that are easy street. And we know that's not true. In fact, the Holy Spirit might lead you down life circumstances or lead you into life circumstances that are uncomfortable. And in maybe your social circles, including church, unpopular. So, what do you do? Well, you know what? I'll listen to the Holy Spirit someday. Just not today. That is correct. How real can our relationship be with the Holy Spirit? This is a great quote. When we are at our wits end for an answer, then the Holy Spirit can give us an answer. But how can he give us an answer when we are well supplied with all the sorts of answers of our own? We've probably heard this statement several times, especially in Bible classes and camps. Take an alcoholic or a person who's addicted to drugs, and they finally get over that leap. They finally make the connection. They finally conquer where they need to be in their lives. They finally got rid of that baggage. It's that relationship that's not their own anymore. They finally conquered what they need to do, the obstacles in their way, the impediments in their way that's blocking that ability to move on to the next stage in their life, which is good. And that's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have these things in our way that we may know them consciously or subconsciously. And it's supplying answers of our own instead of getting rid of that baggage, getting rid of those obstacles, getting rid of our own answers, and really connecting with the Holy Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us all walk in the Spirit. Think of your life. Will the Holy Spirit ever lead you to walk a sinful life? Obvious answer, no. Will the, the Holy Spirit is God. Will God ever lead you to do something or not to do something that is against his will? Obvious answer is no. Okay, fair enough. If that is the case, and we are living in the Holy Spirit, and we're walking in the Holy Spirit, would someone describe our life, according to Gal Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We'll know when we walk in the Holy Spirit. We'll know when we have that communication. It's an exhortation so that God's saying that if you are saying you live in the Spirit, then you should walk in the Spirit also. So it's not just theoretical. Absolutely. It's all about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Developing that relationship with the Holy Spirit is kind of like your marriage. It's ongoing. It's not stagnant. It just it keeps developing. It's intimate. When you have a relationship with your spouse, that relationship is not just superficial. It's extremely intimate. And it's that same intimate relationship in the marriage that you should be experiencing with the Holy Spirit. 
actually I'm right on time because what I'd like to do is half this forum is people sharing experiences they've had with the Holy Spirit where they undoubtedly knew that the Holy Spirit was leading them in some overt way. And I shared one experience about prayer, and coincidentally enough, I will share another experience about prayer before we have some other people share their experiences. And about several years ago, when I was teaching a, uh, a teen class in Sunday school, um, the class went fine. I had some young guys in the class who, they're kind of, they're sowing their wild oats, they're disruptive. Oh, by the way, Brother Mike, I feel sorry for him. He, he's never heard this, he's going to be horrified when I tell him this. But um, it's all taken care of now, Mike. During evening song service, somebody says, hey, can we talk to you? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. So it was the Sunday school superintendent, and he, and he calls me out, and he says, uh, he says, listen, you know your Sunday, your Sunday school class this morning? I said, yeah. How'd it go? I'm like, oh, good, normal. He says, well, we had a couple of your boys watching pornography in your Sunday school class. And I'm like, wow, that wasn't what I was teaching. And I sure didn't have any video examples, but apparently they did. So I'm looking at them going, really? So they said, well, what happened was some boys brought their PDAs, and they were under the table, and they're you know, showing each other's pornography. And, I'm, and so I'm like, oh. And I, as soon as they told me who the boys were, I'm like, okay. Because what happens, one of the other boys went home and told his father, and his father told the Sunday school superintendent. Then they came to me. And, and then I thought to myself, well, I'm not surprised because these kids, are that's just who they are. And they're sowing their wild oats and, you know, no surprise whatsoever. I was kind of disappointed that, that Louis Yon allows pornography in his Sunday school class, but aside from that. So anyways, so we're in the Sunday school room and there's, there's, the fathers were absent for some reason. And there was just the mothers there. So they brought their, their parents in, which was the mothers. So you have the Sunday school superintendent, myself, two mothers, and these two boys. So, and the mothers are bowling their eyes. Oh, you know, of course, any mother would. They're, you know, they're in church and their kids are delinquent. Probably how my mother did several times when I was younger. <laughs> but, so, we're sitting there, and, and, and then, so the Sunday school superintendent was kind of stumped what to do at all. He really was. And I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what do you do? Like, there's no sense yelling at these kids because they know they shouldn't be doing this. This is just completely wrong. It's completely out of, I mean, it just, it's wrong on so many levels. So I, I felt the Holy Spirit urging me and said, Lou, pray for him. So I said, you know what, let's pray. So, you know what, I had a prayer and I prayed for the boys, you know, aloud. And I prayed a lot for the boys. And, and I didn't pray that they would be punished. I didn't pray that some, you know, some punishment would come on them. I prayed that, that God would forgive them, would show them a better way. And I think the boys were surprised because I think they expected, you know, to get what they deserved, which is to get yelled at, disciplined, punished. And I thought, and at, least, at least under this circumstance, the Holy Spirit says that's not what they need. They need love. They need prayer. They need direction. They need God. They need the Holy Spirit. So anyways, that's um, more of a... I, I feel the Holy Spirit working in my life every day. But that's one of the most more profound experiences in my life. And to get started, um, I have several people who are, um, said they would be willing to share a small testimony with uh, their experience with the Holy Spirit. And the first one I have is Gubby Beckage.
never in my life spoken to an audience like that. But I think uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways. And I 100% agree with um, Lewis when he said that uh, the Holy Spirit is very unique, and it's unique to each and every one of us. I don't think he works the same way in another person's life. The way he works with you is something different than he would work with somebody else. Um, I was baptized pretty young, and I can't really say that um, after I received the Holy Spirit that I knew exactly what the Holy Spirit would do. Uh, I think one of the things that was kind of puzzling me is the Trinity, God and the Holy Spirit, and I just couldn't figure out which one is doing what, or if they're all doing the same thing. And I remember, as a young Christian, the first experience I had with the Holy Spirit, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the first was, and it might sound very strange to you, um, but to me, uh, that was the first thing I started to wonder what he would do. Um, we were ready to leave somewhere, and uh, we missed one of the passports. And it, we are ready to go, and we just can't find somebody's passports. And I remember Cheddar saying, we just can't find it. I know we used it the day before. So I said, did you pray? He says, yes, but you do too. So I went, and I went and started praying, and I said, Holy Spirit, I know you can see where this passport is. You must have a reason why not giving it to us. If you have a reason for us not to go on this trip, then I ask you to give us the content and to be content with that and not wonder why we couldn't go and blame each other that we couldn't find a passport. But I said, if you desire us to go, then you know and you can see this passport. Would you please show it to me? And um, I have to say, I mean, this is a very simple fate, but I walked into the room and exactly where we looked, and I just went in that particular place, and um, the passport was there. So many times in my life, I, these are maybe very uh, pinpoint experiences, but that's how I started to realize that the Holy Spirit is not some kind of a thing that we go to and ask to do a magic. But when we need it, God will do it for us. And it depends what kind of spirit you have. If, if you have a simple spirit, that's what you need in your life. That's how God will show you that he's there. So I started to realize that this, is, this, this can't be. There has to be more to this, this Holy Spirit. And the more I got closer to it, the more I realized how amazing that Holy Spirit is and how little we talk about it, how, how little we share with this, 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 this amazing thing that we have in us and uh, things that we can't do because we have this helper. And the more I realized that the Holy Spirit is something when, when we think God is giving us more than we can bear. And we say, you know, I can't do this. This, this it just doesn't make sense. I will not do this. I, I don't have the strength. And you cry yourself out. You say, this, I'm not. I'm just not doing it. 
And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, yes, you can. You can do much more than that, and you are much stronger if you do it in my name or you just listen what I'm saying. So all of us out there, no matter how small or how little is that thing in your life, if you need to find a key, if you need to find your soul, uh, I think the Holy Spirit is out there. And not I think, I know, I experienced <laughs> I experienced it, and we just should rely on it. And, it. and it's an amazing journey that we can have when we rely on the Holy Spirit's leading. Well, very briefly, I've been on the forum planning committee, but no more after this year right now. But so we had a little dinner with Gabby, three couples, Gabby and Louie and myself, and um, um, with our spouses, and it was Gabby's idea I assigned it to Louie, and look at what happens. He turns it around, and somehow I'm involved again anyway. <laughs> but this subject is um, frustrating to me, and because recognizing the Holy Spirit is um, sometimes difficult, and what I kind of want to outline is a few different kinds of way he has spoken in my life. Um, what I want is all the time a very clear message that's very distinct, unmistakable, and irrefutable by me, Miss Doubter, and also when I tell other people so that they don't start doubting and coming up with rationalizations of why things are, are so. Well, the first, I mean, not the first, but one time was um, when I had peace with God and I needed confirmation for that. Um, the words of Second Timothy Four eight seemed to actually flash and be extremely apparent and validating in my Bible. I mean, you know, and it says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. And that was really something that I really, really needed at that moment. And the Holy Spirit came through and told me that. Now, years before that, the Holy Spirit spoke through my grandmother. Just before she died, she was demented. And um, I was visiting her in the hospital. She was very, very restless. And I asked her what I can do to help her. And all of a sudden, she goes in a deep, loud voice, Repent! It's like, oh, well, she's demented. Let me just ask her again. And what do you know? Repent! Comes out again. And that really freaked me out. I did not ask her again. Uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit's voice was crystal clear. Another time it was through a horse. Um, I needed to change directions, and it was, again, crystal clear to me. Um, there was another time after I was converted as a Christian, and I was on a wayward path, and I had kind of a vision. It was a vision, but I had sensation. It was a vision of very um, of evil of uh, writhing, slimy creatures, very dark, very cold. I shivered. It was very brief. I know exactly where I was exactly at that time. I responded to that recognition that I needed to change paths. But it was very interesting to me. I did not recognize that was even the Holy Spirit communicating to me until preparing for this form. I was talking to somebody, and they said, Oh, how wonderful the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. And I was going, Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, I just didn't tune in as 
That's the way he spoke. I mean, we hear always he speaks in a soft, still voice, and then I'm finding out mm, he speaks all sorts of ways. Um, another time I was um, in church, sitting in the balcony. I was early before the afternoon service started, and I was just, I heard God's voice like I'm in a conversation with another human being. And actually I was accusing God. Um, I had in my mind, or I thought that God had promised me three years after getting to Mansfield that I would know what he wanted me to be doing as a ministry. And, um, and I kind of was accusing him because a few years had gone beyond that point. And I said, okay, God, I don't really know what my ministry is yet. You know, what is it? And so he brought to remembrance, I mean, this voice. Okay, so what happened three years after you got to Mansfield almost to the day? And I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, my father-in-law got sick. Three months later, he died. Oh, I get it, God. My ministry is my mother-in-law. Um, please, please, don't you have another one for me? That's not a very good one. I don't know if I can handle that one. I mean, that's kind of the way it went. Okay, but I said, but really, I've been doing it anyway. Um, but then the more I thought about it, if you get an, a clear assignment from God himself, Am I really doing it wholeheartedly as to the Lord? And I'm thinking to myself, again, I mean, this thing has been for me, obviously. Um, Maybe I need to be doing this in a little bit different way, and maybe it'll affect the spirituality or the road that I'm on right now. Um, Some other ways that God is, or the Spirit of God has communicated with me is just all of a sudden awareness of time. For example, it's 2.05. Stop what you're doing. Go do something else. Yeah, but I have plenty of time. No, you don't. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the interruptions are going to be. And it took me a little while to recognize, because it kept coming at a certain point in time, as in this acute awareness of time, stop, move. And I finally started getting it. I need to really do that. That's the Holy Spirit talking to me. Um, Oh, there are other times, like... Uh, need a solution for something. You go to bed, pray to God for it, and somehow your mind gets reset. And obviously, the work of the Holy Spirit, mourning an obvious answer to the solution. And um, I always think of Psalm 16, even at night, my heart instructs thee, and I thank God. Now, I'm going to distinguish that from the I can't sleep, worry all night, um, you know, mind-racing kinds of things. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. Um, I was taught some distinctions that I want to share you between the Holy Spirit and other things. One is when the Holy Spirit speaks, God's message is always consistent with Scripture. And the witness of the Holy Spirit within me can testify and, and recognize that that's one. Um, he's distinct. He's not vague in general. He gives hope and encouragement to do right versus destroying hope and being intimidating. And he can give very painful, piercing messages, specifically pointing out sin. But when he does that, it's with the motivation of love and a solution of redemption. So really, most of the time, I would say, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's through my scripture reading He changes my attitudes, my perspectives, my priorities, 
And even when I, um, especially when I obey, my emotions follow. And I find that very helpful. Um, I think he speaks, it, it's hard to describe, it's subtle. Um, but it, when he does speak, it's clear and specific. Although lots of times, as you see, I didn't recognize his voice until, or his message until retrospectively. But I find the more I meditate on God's word and memorize it, and the more I'm with him, which is in the relationship as Louis uh, talked about, and even though it seems like hard, disciplined work, it does bring peace and the courage that I need to move forward. The experience I'm about to share with you is one that I wish to give God the glory. Um, we often think, you know, this came of my own doing or of my own wisdom, but <clears throat> looking back, it's uh, recognizing that it was only God's spirit who worked. And I'd just like to read a verse um, and this is, um, as, a, as a father, as parents, we are raising children, and it's a difficult task. It's a, something completely new to us, and I often pray to God for wisdom on how to raise our children. Uh, in James chapter 1, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. One of our sons um, had, had anxiety. Uh, quite uh, serious anxiety um, as a little boy growing up he would uh, often be worried that you know he would lose us at nighttime and someone would steal us and um, we had an experience once we wanted to take the kids to the beach with uh, um, two other families that had also several children and it was Long Point Beach some of you may have been there it's a large beach um, uh, and it was a bit of a, a day when the, the waves were a little bit, it was a little bit of a rough, uh, waters were a little bit rough, but the kids were in the water playing, and our son was stressed out the complete day trying to keep track of all the kids. And he would come and say, Dad, look, he's drifting. Look, this is happening. And it was just the worst day in his life for him. And on the way home, he said to us, Dad, Dad, Mom, you know, we, I never want to go back there again. And here we thought we are doing something nice for the kids. You know, it's a day at the beach, and it was just a horrible day for him. And it was, it was difficult as a father, and, and this wasn't the only time we saw this. Um, but it was a situation here that, what do I do? You know, you can't force this. And because of the prayers of, of asking God for wisdom, I recognized that it was him then that gave the wisdom, and he spoke to my heart through his Holy Spirit and said, you have to be patient with him. You have to work with him, encourage him, and share your fears with him. And it was one of those things that, you, you know, I, I had faith, but I also had doubt. Is this ever going to get better? Is this going to go into his, you know, teen years, adult years? And the Lord answers prayers. If we, and I've disobeyed the Spirit so many times. I'm not doing this to, to say I've, I've done it all right. I've many times grieve the Holy Spirit, but I'm thankful that he gave me the grace to obey and, and just be patient. And together, Christine and I, we, we try to encourage him. And just last year, he, um, he said to us, I want to go back to Long Point again. And there's been a complete change with his anxiety. He doesn't, doesn't stress nearly as much. He has a personality that, that would probably more, you know, be more susceptible to that, but he, uh, we've seen such a huge change, and it's to give God the glory. 
um, for answered prayer and of, of him speaking in simple ways. Um, sometimes we overcomplicate how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, but it's through his word and, and through, through prayer um, that he can speak to our hearts in, in simple ways. I just want to uh, read another verse that the Lord put on my heart as well, that he has given our son a new spirit and a new mind. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of, and of love and of a sound mind. And to God be the glory for that. I always uh, enjoy hearing these stories. Um, I find that they're very faith-building. And uh, early on in my conversion, uh, God gave me a, a faith-building experience that uh, I'll never forget. It changed, uh, changed my life, actually changed my career. And uh, that's what I want to share with you is um, how God convicted me with the Spirit to quit my job and to uh, go into a life of self-employment and uh, IT contract work. There was, a, as I shared in my testimony last night, uh, I started attending church in December of 2012, and uh, it was May of the following year that uh, I was going through a lot of restitutions and repentance and just trying to, you know, clean up what I had done in my past and with God's help. And there's this point where I was um, I was reading a book about my finances. Um, it was actually a book that um, Brother Werner had given me. It was called uh, Kingdom Focused Finances. And as I was reading this book, the um, the thought came to me: um, Well, you should really quit your job and you know pursue um, self-employment and I was wondering why is this and I thought about it some more and at the time I was doing training for real estate and real estate is can be a lucrative market if you're doing it properly and I was doing some training um, more of a investment as my for myself and it was for doing rental properties um, for fixer-uppers um, there's a, there's a number of strategies that you can use and and I saw potential and so that's why I was doing the training to begin with. And so I, I started thinking about it some more. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I would like to go on that avenue, but I want to wait, you know, one or two years while I build up my properties and then quit my job and already have it going. And God was just really convicting me, no, I want you to do this right now. And I just, I had doubt. I was comfortable in my job. I just... Um, I had a full-time uh, employment at a good tech company, full benefits, and I really did not want to give that up. Plus, I had a number of friends working there. Um, this was during the time BlackBerry laid off a number of employees, and a lot of the BlackBerry employees came over to OpenText, and uh, I just did not want to do it. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to pray about it. And this was earlier on in my my conversion, like I said, and there was there was points where you know I had been praying, but I was just I wasn't really feeling like I was you know, getting an answer. But God really showed me some answers to my prayer, and uh, the first it was about midweek that I had experienced this, and I started praying, and God started giving me some signs uh, the following weekend. Um, the first was uh, we have a morning Bible class in our church. And I had started just attending that. Uh, one of the brothers that uh, has been really inspirational to me um, 
mentioned, you know, you should start coming to that, and I figured, why not? And so, I uh, in this particular class, we were talking about Ezekiel 47, and it was about the river of life, a throw that flows from the the throne of God, and how um, it has many aspects to our lives, and there's many visuals in that chapter itself, and uh, we we discussed various aspects of it, but. The one part that really stuck out to me was when he was walking in the water and it was either um, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or fully submersed. And I, the visual that I got is from God at that point was, are you fully submersing yourself in the river of life? Are you going where he is leading? Or are you close to the shore? Are you knee deep and you just want to turn around? You, know, you want to do what you want to do. Let me lead your life. And that really got me thinking, and I went through the rest of the day, and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And that night, as I was getting ready for bed, I saw the uh, Bible on my nightstand, and God really convicted me once again. You know, I have a message for you, and, and I really felt convicted to open the Bible. And so I prayed, Lord, if there's something you want to show me, you know, open to it. And so I opened up the Bible, and I opened up to Luke 5, and it's the story of Jesus calling his disciples. And they were fishing at the time, and they left everything. And they just followed him, demonstrating the concept of sacrifice. And that really started working on me some more. And you know, I go to bed, and the next day I'm still thinking about this. And I get home for lunch. And uh, my other Bible just happens to be on the kitchen table. And I'm eating lunch, and again I get the same conviction. And so again I pray. And I open up the Bible, and this time I don't even open up to a, a particular scripture verse. I actually open up to the glossary, and the first word I see is sacrifice. And it's just really starting to work on me, and uh, I keep keep going through the day. And that night, again, I'm getting ready for bed, and the Bible just really convicts me again. And so I pray again, and I open it up. And I open up to the first chapter of Mark. It's the exact same story in another gospel. And at this point, I was, I was really moved. I was not sure what to do. I was getting clear signs from the Spirit. You know, sacrifice what you have right now and do it for me. And uh, the, the following day was choir practice. And I was talking with uh, a brother there. Um, I actually mentioned him last night. It was Sam Klomp. Um, he's been really inspirational to me. He was a huge blessing early on in my conversion. And... Uh, I was talking with him about this experience, and he goes, Mike, you know what you need to do? You need to listen to this one sermon. And it was a couple months ago at our church, and I, uh, I thought about it, and I was like, why did I miss that sermon? And I just happened to be visiting uh, Harrow and Windsor for the holidays, because it was the New Year's sermon. And uh, so I listened to it that night, and during the middle of the sermon, I just broke up. I started bawling. I, it just was so convicting. It was about life changes. Why are you not doing what God is telling you to do? Like, the changes he does cuts you to the core. He rebuilds you. And there was a quote in there that basically was the turning point. And it was, if God is sovereign in your life, why are you not doing what he is telling you to do? If God is the Lord of your life, why does he struggle to find an opportunity to change you, to get you to do what he is asking you to do? And at that point, I couldn't handle it anymore. And so I wrote my resignation letter that night. And I handed it in that following Friday. And the interesting thing about this whole experience is just the prior Saturday, 
um, we had a men's breakfast at our church. And during that men's breakfast, I happened to talk with a, a brother here. It's actually uh, Fred here. And uh, he was going through a, a difficulty with his, uh, his company. Um, he had a, an IT consultant that he was using for day-to-day -day tasks. And he just wasn't getting any response from this, this gentleman anymore. Uh, he was not responding to phone calls or emails. Um, and it was really hindering the communication between customers and the work. And uh, he was really looking for another opportunity. And at the, he mentioned this, and God was really working on me. And I was like, well, maybe I can do some work for you. I'm thinking about quitting my job. And I hadn't really made the decision yet. But now that I had made the decision, I sent him my resume. And uh, that relationship has evolved over the past year or so. And um, I do a lot of IT contract work for his company. And uh, I'm so thankful. Um, I originally quit my job to do real estate. And there's still potential there as well, but the focus right now I can see is the IT space. And uh, there's been so much blessing involved working with uh, a Christian. Um, there's been many lessons that I've learned through it. And uh, the amazing thing is that God provided every step of the way. And he's used this experience and other experiences, which you know, I don't have time to share, to remind me, look back. Look what I did for you here. You haven't had to advertise your IT business at all, and I've been paying your bills, I've been doing everything for you. So stay faithful, stay trusting in me, and I've been, I feel not worthy of you know, the grace he's shown me. Um, and so I just thank God for everything he's done in my life. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, you know what, we ran out of time, I had a few more people lined up, but we're not gonna have time for that. And so rather than that, in closing, I just, uh, by the way, I really didn't hear these um, testimonials before um, now, um, a little bit, but not, not so much. But if you just wanted to comment on some uh, one common thread, and that common thread was, and all these experiences, their experiences were the people spent their time with either Christians, with believers, or seeking out God. And it's that relationship. And, and did you notice that none of them said, well, I had this... Uh, I didn't have this, nobody said that my conscience was bothering me to do something that I, I've been taught or to, to adapt to a social norm or a church norm or otherwise. It was all about the Bible. It was all about other believers and talking through other believers and other people too that were instrumental and powerful in their lives. Just thought I'd uh, share that observation. Thank you very much.